Hey, and welcome to the very first episode of Acting Smooth. I am one half of your hosting team, Steve. Now I'm the other half. I'm Dave. Okay. And um, so we started this podcast. We're just going to take. We haven't decided exactly how often we're going to post these, but we're just going to sit back. We're going to analyze. We're going to try and research, analyze a topic. And each week, one of us will present their topic, and the other one will kind of act like a uh, question and uh, answer, asking questions, being like kind of an audience member, maybe something like that. But before we begin, we're going to start off with a segment that we're right now titling What's New? It's going to be about any kind of subject matter. It could be mainly pop culture, book, song, music, uh, video games, movies, TV show that it might not necessarily be new to the world, but at least new to us. And we're just going to spend about five, ten minutes talking about that. So, Dave, what's new? So, uh, I actually just finished um, a few days ago. I just finished watching actually the live action One Piece uh, a TV show on Netflix. Netflix and yeah. Yeah, and how many how many episodes is that? It's eight episodes, and um, it's probably one of the best adaptations of an anime that I've ever seen. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it's 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 seriously, it's like completely loyal to the anime. It sticks with like all the actors and uh, actresses and stuff, like just nailed the parts and is stuff there... and. Is there any actresses or actors that we might know from other stuff, or is it more of your lesser known? Because yeah, I've seen the trailers for it, but I don't know because of the the costumes, makeup. I really didn't recognize any of the actors. Yeah, uh, there, there. A lot of them are kind of like new, kind of newer or or up and coming. Um, I don't know that I can't think of any offhand that were like big stars that a lot of people would uh, know about. The only one that a lot of people might know is uh, McKinney, who plays uh, the character named Zorro, Roronar Zorro. Um, he, um, he's not as big here in the U.S., but he is huge in Japan and stuff. And his dad is actually a famous actor and stuff over in Japan. I forget his dad's name, though. Okay, and then um, then you mentioned it's on Netflix, which in the past has had some questionable. I'll, I'll, I'll be nice. Some questionable yeah. <laughs> uh, anime manga uh, uh, adoptions. Um, most recently would be I guess Cowboy Bebop, which I I like the actual anime. Um, one of my favorites, but yeah, uh, I I'm on the. No, they didn't do that good of a job. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm a, I mean, you know me, I, I'm a fan of that anime as well. Um, I'm not quite as harsh on the live action as a lot of people are, but it definitely was not what I was hoping for and what I was expecting and stuff. Like, I enjoyed it so, so, so for what it was, but, um, it it definitely could have been a lot better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm the one that I really 
the first time I watched it, I was like, you know, this is about the Cowboy Bebop. I haven't watched One Piece, but um, so when I first watched the Cowboy Bebop, I thought the character they got, good characters they got, um, I can't think of their names right now. The, the actors they got played the characters good. But it yeah. just seems like some of the story they did like rehashing of some of the more popular episodes, but they changed it too much and like yeah. I just didn't really care for it. Like um I don't want to go on a rant about it, but just the first episode where it was about the drug smuggler with the red eye. Uh-huh. And he had his girlfriend help smuggling it. In the actual anime, now spoilers, this is the very first episode, but in the actual anime at the end, it was the girlfriend slash wife, I can't remember, actually killed the drug smuggler because she came to a realization that her dream of going, I can't remember where they were supposed to be going, but she always had a dream of doing it. I think she came to a realization that's not going to happen with her, the drug smuggling boyfriend. So as they're trying sure. to escape into, they're going into the police, she kills him. Well, in the live action episode, it's uh, Faye that kills him, that shoots yeah. him ultimately. And I'm like, but. In the actual anime, Faye doesn't come along for three or four more episodes. Episodes, yeah, which exactly. Her episode was a fun episode to watch, and I kind of wanted to see them do that live action, but they really didn't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's the good thing that One Piece did really, really well, is that, so, like, of course, like it's only eight episodes long, but these eight episodes encompass, I think it's like the first like 45 to 50 episodes of One Piece. But what you got to remember is these episodes are an hour long, where the episodes of One Piece are like 30 minutes. But even that, with like, you know, previously on and then the credits at the end of the stuff, it really cuts it down to about 20 minutes or 18 yeah. minutes or something like that. And that's the same thing stuff, with, with so. the, the Cowboy Bebop. I think those are 45 to an hour long live action episodes. So yeah, yeah. I, I do understand they have to kind of stretch the material. But yeah, but don't, they, don't, they didn't don't change do key parts. Of it. Like that to me was a key part that they changed. And like if exactly. you're going to do that, that just kind of ruins the whole concept of doing a live action. Yeah, they just didn't do it very well with Cowboy Bebop where with One Piece, like the stuff that they changed very minor things. Um, maybe a, there might have, I think eh, there was one kind of major change, but it was a really good change though. And like, so you could tell they were very thoughtful with how they approached it and what they did it. And they stayed like as true as they could to the story. And they pretty much encompassed the story and they kept like the, the really important beats and stuff and moments within like those first like 45 to 50 episodes are in there and they kept them in there and the and it it's it's fantastic and stuff and it's actually a really good introduction to one piece for anyone who hasn't seen the anime or may not just not be into anime but likes live action stuff and or stuff they don't have time to watch how many how many total episodes is yeah it? <laughs> Yeah, there's not, they're up to like over a thousand episodes. 
of it. So I'm on episode, I'm not even through them all. Like I'm on episode like almost 500. I'm like 480 something, I think. And stuff. So, but I go through spurts where like I'll watch a, a bunch like I'll, uh, in like a few days time where I'll just binge a bunch of them and then I'll take a break from it and yeah. stuff. So, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it, that I just got, like I said, I just got done watching that and I was like very, very pleasantly surprised on how good and, and well done it was. The, the visual effects were really well. It's already been renewed for a second season. Yeah, had it, like of, broke all sorts of records and stuff yeah, like that yeah, on viewership. It had a lot of hype, and I guess Netflix has changed the way they do it because, um, of course, I'm going back to the Cowboy Bebop. I had read after the reason they canceled that one so quickly is because the, the way they look at it is the views over time, and I'm like, you yeah. have. You have a very popular anime series that you're making live action that you've been promoting the crap out of. Um, same with One Piece, but so a lot of people are going to watch it, and the you know Netflix, I think, still does the we're going to release all the episodes at one time because like Disney Plus doesn't do that. Um, yeah, I'm not sure about Amazon Prime. I haven't like really I don't. Yeah, Amazon Prime does it weekly too, does it? Yeah, I think they do. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're going to release all the episodes, you got fans out there that are just going to watch it all at one time. Time. Yeah. So you're not going to get the views over time that you expected. You're going to yeah. get them all within the week. They, I know. What they look at is that they look at views over time, but they also look at like, you know, because they also want to see like how many people. Like by releasing them all at once, they know like the huge fans are going to watch, like binge watch them all, like in a a day or two or whatever. And the they want to see how many people are going back and like rewatching it and stuff as well. Yeah, but and, I... and everything. Not a lot of people do. Uh, I mean, I guess there would could be a lot of people that do it, but I know that's not a typical thing that some people do, but. Uh, uh, evidently it's held up though because like the second weekend uh after its release uh actually had higher viewer numbers than the first weekend oh maybe it's because of word of mouth and people are like hey it's actually good this is actually good yeah <laughs> remake a lot, a lot of people were probably waiting <laughs> to see and stuff but yeah so it's already been given like they already renewed it for season two and apparently like the producers and stuff are um like they have up to six seasons planned and they'd like to go up to 12 seasons if possible and stuff so that'd be a long time of plus yeah from what i can tell it looks like some of the characters from like i said from the trailers some of the characters some of the actors look like they're in their teens and early 20s Going on yeah. twelve years, you're going to age. They're going to age out or something. I I don't know how well they do it in the anime and stuff, but they're going to start yeah, aging I out. Yeah, I mean they. I mean, kind yeah, of like they what they do, do with Stranger age. Things. Yeah, they do age in the anime and stuff too, but it's not like it's not like extreme. It's not like they look really that much older at episode five hundred than they do 
when it first started. You can tell they kind of look a little older, but not not a ton. <laughs> okay. So, but yeah, they. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens and stuff with it and where they go. I know the creator uh, is extremely involved with it. Like it, everything gets uh, approved through him and stuff. They don't go out with anything unless he approves it. Oh, that's good. And yeah, that when you have the creator sign off, it should be a good sign. Yeah, exactly. Well, Dave, moving on. Um, I must say this country is divided. And on this issue, no matter what you say, the other side is going to get mad at you. And there's going to be some name calling going on for both sides. And I think it's roughly 45% believe one way, 45% believe the other way. And there's a few in the middle that's like, you know, I can see it both ways. I can, I, I'll wait and make my decision. And uh-huh. no, no, I am not talking about the American, American politics. I am actually talking about two murder cases that have been very popular over the last ooh, five, six, seven years. I am talking about the Anand Syed case of um, supposedly murdering Heyman Lee. That took place in Baltimore, and then uh, that is made famous through the Serial podcast and the Stephen Avery, Teresa Hallbeck, I think it is, that was made popular through the next Netflix series, Making a Murderer. Are you are you yeah. familiar with these names, Dave? Uh, the first one I'm not as familiar with. Um, I I it, I think I might have heard it, but um. The the second one I am okay. again I don't know a lot of the details, but I know more about it because I do know about the show uh making a murder. Okay. So I'll do a quick rundown. And for those of you listening, I'm just pulling this from memory, so don't get on me about very fine details. That's why we're not SMEs, we're acting SMEs. <laughs> <laughs> So, so with the um, Heyman Lee, so this is 98, Anand Syed, who is Muslim with, Pakistan, I think, Pakistan, um, from Pakistan. He, he's not, I think he's second generation or first generation American, um, was Dayton Heyman Lee, who is Asian, but I'm not sure Korean or Japanese. I can't remember. They were both seniors in high school in Baltimore. And they had broken up, I think, in December of 98. She went on to date somebody from her work. Because I remember I've been it just happened recently that they're talking about again. Um, uh-huh. That was a little bit older. I think he was twenty. Then on January thirteenth of ninety nine, she was leaving school to go pick up her younger sister from her school. So she was supposed to pick her up, be there by three fifteen. Well, she never showed up. And then the 
family got worried. They called around, of course, and then late in the afternoon, evening, they called the police, said she's missing. The police called around, actually called Anand Syed. He said he didn't see her, but he had heard that supposedly she had talked about moving, running away, going to California and living with her dad because currently she's living with her mom and stepmom. Okay. Then, um, so it was a missing case because they, I guess they connected with him in California. He hadn't heard it from her or anything like that. Fast forward to February, I don't know, like early February. Her body is found in a park in Baltimore. Um, then they, then the police do the investigations. I'm going to paraphrase this. Uh, pretty much, Anand Syed goes on trial. He the first. He the first trial is tossed out for a mistrial. Okay. The second one, he comes back and is found guilty. And then, fast forward to 2014, I think it is the serial podcast comes out. And it talks about the some issues about the there was uh, police misconduct possibly. The um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, and then one point sheet that they made was like you can't really remember what happened last week. How are you gonna remember what happened a month ago? Especially when you're high school kids and you jump around from schedule to schedule, work and everything else. But basically, yeah. over the years, like there's been. Issues about whether or not he's guilty or innocent. There's been issues about police misconduct, uh, prosecutor misconduct of not sharing certain information. And then that's, I guess, rough thing, rough overview. And then on the Stephen Avery, uh, he, now I can't remember the exact dates, but he was originally put on trial for sexual uh, assaulting a woman spent time in prison then DNA testing proved he, he was actually innocent and it was actually somebody that you know if, real quick yeah he they kind of looked similar but they didn't you know um, sure. blonde hair shaggy blonde hair goatee stuff like that and then he files a lawsuit against the county that had put him in prison during the time of this lawsuit and deposition by the county police officers, all of a sudden, this woman who worked for Auto Trader Magazine disappears. On her schedule, she was supposed to go out to his, the family um, junkyard, savage yard, to take pictures of a car vehicle they were selling, and then she disappears. And then... Oh. The search happens. Um, he says she left. They spent, I want to say, like a week searching. And then someone just happens to find her car on the junkyard salvage lot. They put him back on trial and his nephew, who you can tell, I could tell. Right off, the nephew definitely had some, um, I don't want to say he 
was mentally disabled, but he was definitely slow. Okay. Um, and that whole thing, his lawyer actually got him to confess without actually saying, hey, you're confessing to this. But then they, well, they find him, Stephen Avery, guilty. His nephew, Brandon Dassey, guilty. And they've been in prison, and they too have come forward saying there's been police misconduct, prosecution misconduct, and stuff like that. Now, so quick overview of that. But my thing is, I don't want to sit here and talk about guilt or innocence on both of these. You can find sure. a thousand blogs, a thousand websites on each side saying whether or not the people are guilty or people are innocent. What I want to talk about for a little bit is what could be kind of considered the social impact of these two very popular shows, a podcast, serial, Netflix documentary, Maker a Murderer. Yeah. And uh, to me, this was the, the podcast serial um, was my first forte into listening to a true crime podcast. And I didn't really think that was something that was out there at the time. But now you can go on wherever you get your podcast from. Apple, Stitcher, anything. I don't know. SoundCloud, SoundCloud I don't know. And you can just see thousands and thousands of uh, true crime podcasts. Oh, wow. And it seems like all of them at some point cover the story. I mean... There's one the yeah. the prosecutors uh, podcast just covered this story like a couple weeks ago, and I haven't listened to that because I'm kind of like I've gotten to a point on it myself personally is just to you know let them deal it out in court because right now Anad is actually free because well there's another thing too is like he was actually he was a minor when the crime happened yeah. And I can't think of if it was the Maryland State Supreme Court or if it was the United States Supreme Court said that like sentencing a minor to life without parole is cruel and unusual punishment. I think it was state. I think it was the Maryland uh, Supreme Court did that. And so they had to go back. They were going back and going through some of their old cases that had involved a minor that was sentenced like that just to bring them back in, up in court, and the judge would decide whether or not the person they get paroled or time served or whatever. So yeah. then last year they were doing that with Anand Syed's case, but then they started reviewing it. The act the prosecutor at the time kind of handed it off to one of her investigators. And she came back and saying, listen, there's flaws in this prosecution. The The police didn't do this. There was actually, from the court record, there is two suspects that weren't properly vented or, vented or cleared. And there's DNA that was actually on Heyman Lee's body that wasn't necessarily tested. And at the time, it can't... It, I think it might have tested it, and it didn't come back as uh, a non-Syed. Sure. So they reviewed his case and 
said there's inconsistencies and they didn't feel strong that he was still guilty. So they wanted to do further investigations. So they pretty much dropped the charges and the judge kind of agreed and he was released. That was, I think, roughly about a year ago in 2022. Um, okay. Stephen Avery is still in prison. He is working on appeals. But like I said, I wanted to talk about the social impacts. I don't want to talk about whether or not guilt and innocent. Maybe near the end of the episode, I'll give you my opinion. <laughs> but <laughs> like I said, it seems like ever since these shows, podcasts, and the documentary came out, it seems like there has been just a wave of more content, whether it's um, true crimes or wrongful convictions or we still don't know who, you know, unsolved situations. Sure. I don't, I don't want to say mysteries because that's also a TV show that kind of like rebooted, I think, because of the, the all this hype and interest in these true crime uh, shows. Um, yeah. And I know there's a lot of, pod, like I said, there's a lot of podcasts out there that probably, if this didn't kick off, they probably won't be doing this. It's just something that caught on. And like, to me personally, it did bring forward that there there are wrongful convictions. There are people who uh, coerced confessions. Um, and I'm not just saying just on these two cases alone, but it, I, you know, I first listened to serial with a group for my work. And then we just kind of, then they also did the um, Make a Murderer documentary. So then it was just kind of, we kind of listened to each, watch each episode. And then we talk about it and then we'd move on to another thing. And of course, COVID yeah. Hit, so, um, but then, like I said, just in pop culture, that that's took an effect. But also, I think, like, just in the legal system, I think. How do I want to say this? And what am I trying to say? It's just that it just kind of opened not just my eyes to what are issues within the American legal system, but also in, I think, other people's eyes and that that's the issues. Because, like, one of the cases that I started listening to because they listened to Serial and started their own show is like, the juror thing is like some of the cases he this show covered would come back like either they were hung they were split decision and so instead of just sure. the judge just leaving it to okay well we're just gonna leave it as a hung jury he pretty much told him go in there and come back don't come back out until you have a verdict and that usually, okay. well, I want, you know, jurors usually go, well, I want to go home and see my family. You know, there's only two of us that are still holding out. So, you know what? I'm going to just go ahead and say guilty so I can go home. Which, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't blame them, but it's not the right thing to do. Yeah, it's not the right thing to do. Um, let's see, what was the other one? Or, uh, But it just, I don't know, how do you feel like I know you said you haven't watched you you watched a little bit of the um making a murderer. Have you noticed like there's multiple more stuff out there? And I think even now there's even 
don't know if it's on Netflix, but somebody even covered it, this Stephen Avery case. I can't remember if it's either convicting or convincing a murderer where it kind of takes the opposite side. Cause like, I know the documentary covered like innocence and how they thought Stephen Avery was innocent, but this one was more on, well, he's guilty. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, as far as like, especially when you're talking about like within society and stuff, like when you get stuff like this that is kind of like you don't necessarily have a definitive answer on stuff and there's like mystery uh you know kind of surrounding it and stuff it always kind of appeals to people and like the more it happens the the more and more you start kind of like seeing it out there you know in the ether or the public or whatever and stuff like that so you know, it, I mean, but that, I mean, it just goes back to even, I mean, even like stuff that was either like based, on, like even movies and stuff that, you know, were like based on true stories or, um, or even just made up fake ones and stuff. But, you know, you get movies like Silence of the Lambs, uh, Silence of the Lamb and stuff like that that has always been like real popular and stuff and it draws people's curiosity and stuff. So I think that's probably why, uh, you know, with, with the increase of activity and stuff like that, that, and these types of cases and stuff that have been brought to the light of the public and stuff is why you're starting to see more like two of like the podcasts and all that type of stuff start popping up, uh, around, around those things. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I agree with that. It, it, especially when you get into the old-fashioned whodunit kind of mysteries, like, but I mean, these are these two cases are definitely well cover the facts of like, and not just these two cases, but other shows I listen to cover like what exactly wrongful conviction is like police misconduct, like. There's some kind of aspect of this, some misconduct, somewhere where it's intentional or not. And sure. Also, brought up, like the fact that police and prosecutors have a uh, qualified immunity to where, yeah, okay, I'll pull you open and arrest you just because you have the same hair color as the person I'm looking for. But, yeah. But the guy but you're no looking for is 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 six three. And I'm. Five five, you know how are you going to arrest me for that? Yeah, they they they. Oh, I'm just doing my job as an stick. Okay, if you say so. But then there's times where, like one of the sticking points in the Anand Syed case, and like I said, there's sources out there. I I'm not trying to say guilt or innocent, but like they talk about cell phones and like. This is back before we had smartphones and GPS to where they can pretty much pinpoint where your location. You're basically relying on a tower, a cell tower, and pinging that, and it covers, oh, it covers like, I don't know, square mileage, or, you know, it covers an area of this this area. And one of the sticking points between the people who believe he's guilty and people who believe he's innocent is that suppose that his cell phone pinged why they were in the park burying Heyman Lee. Uh-huh. But it was an incoming call. And at the time, I think it was AT&T. When they sent 
the cell phone records to the police, they have a they had a cover sheet saying incoming calls can't be used for location. Well, during the process trial process, the prosecutors are supposed to turn over all the evidence over to the defense, and this cover sheet never made it. Well, was it because the prosecutor didn't want to? Was yeah. it an honest mistake? You know, but like something like that, he's spent. Like I said, this was in 99. I think it was like 2001, 2000, 2001. He was actually found guilty and he was been in prison for 20 some years. Well, this, let's say it was an accident. You know, that this cover sheet didn't go. This could prove that, hey, look, it's an incoming call. He can't use it for to verify his location. Yeah, yeah. Well, then that can't really prove that he was in the park doing what the prosecutor thinks he was doing. So this could have been proved that he's actually innocent. Well, yeah, it, was, sure. it was just, it was just an honest mistake. Well, how do you make up 20 some years of an honest mistake and he's in jail? And I think that's why yeah. a lot of times it's like you have all these Kate, you know, cities and States paying out millions of dollars to people who were in a similar situation. And then, yeah, and it, it's kind of crazy because you know that you know that comes out of like tax money and stuff. So it's like true. The taxpayers are the ones paying for the mistake. True, very true. So, and it's like if you or I made a mistake, we're fired, you know? <laughs> or we get like a hey, you know, we're gonna put a mark on your record. So next time you come up for promotion, that's gonna be a case where you're not gonna get it. You know, but these guys, and I'm not, I'm not trying to go off on a big rant, but you know, these guys are like, oh, okay, well, move on to the next case. What, what can I do now? You know? Yeah, and it, uh, it's kind of like, I mean, like accidents happen. Like I, I get that and stuff, but in some, in some cases, uh, like the the job that you have, you can't afford for accidents to happen. Yes, and stuff like that, like. I mean, firefighters, you know, you have an accident and it could mean yours or someone else's life True. and stuff and everything. Um, so, you know, yeah, I, I, I get that. And I, I'm not saying that, you know, they make one mistake, they should automatically have their life ruined and be fired from their job and stuff. No, I'm not saying that, but there's got to be something that, hey, you know, there's got to be some sort of thing there to be to encourage those people be like you better not get caught making a mistake because if you do there is a consequence yeah, for yeah. It. that's right yeah and I, was so, say, and, I, I didn't want to, i was going to say punishment but i didn't want to say punishment but yeah consequence for for making i guess even yeah if it's a yeah. honest mistake i mean it just depends on what the severity of the accident is in my opinion yeah. and stuff like that like you know, you accidentally mess up a document. Okay, maybe you don't lose your job, but you know. Well, the bad thing it, is, like, you maybe you uh, get pulled off uh, off active duty for a while or something like that, or suspended or something. But yeah. Well, the black that's like the police officers can, but like a prosecutor, most of the time those are a elected official. Yeah, and it's like okay, we now we gotta wait till the next election comes up and. And most of the time when 
I know myself, when I go into the voting booth, I don't know who these prosecutors are or who these judges are. And it's like, uh, okay, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. <laughs> or something. I go, yes, yes, no, no. <laughs> Yo, yeah, yeah. And it's like, and it's uh, like, and, and like, too, like, kind of like with, with, with the cops, you know, you were kind of talking about like from the perspective of the jury and stuff, you know, you get, everyone vote voting guilty but two people and uh they're like but oh you know i want to go home and see my family i'm just gonna switch to voting guilty uh you know the the police and stuff like that and those investigators and stuff kind of get you know the same type of in a sense pressure on them and but sometimes even worse because it's like they get a lot of times too, like the loved ones of the victim, you better find the person that did this telling them. And so like, that's what they want to do. They want to give closure to that family, but you well, can't. There's... Well, there's been stories uh, out there too, that I've heard from the different shows. Like they'll find somebody who's like, well, you better go testify that you saw Bob go kill Jim. Or I'm going to put a report in that you're doing drugs and have your kids taken away. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> um, but it's like, how how do you prove? Unless you, that's the other thing. Like a lot of these cases are 10, 20 years old before smartphones, you know, and then that's why there's a lot of pushback now about recording police officers. You know, yeah. <laughs> you're going to come interview me while I'm going to record you. Guys. So then what you say is what you say. And what I say is going to be what I say. <laughs> you know, you're not going to come yeah. talk to me and then say, I said something different and edit it or edit yeah. the recording or whatever. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, the, well, that's what I pretty much want to talk about. We're probably hitting about, I don't know how long yet, but, um, yeah, uh, that's what I want to talk about this week. Just come off with the saying, like, I've just been paying attention to these cases. And, and it's like I said, it seems like these were the first two cases that really kind of launched that genre. I mean, there was probably others out sure. there, but it's these two that really just kind of hit things off, got everything in the public eye that everybody's seeing stuff, um, listening to stuff and everything, and just paying attention to everything now. Yeah, yeah. No, it, I like I learned a lot because I, I didn't really know a whole lot about either one of them. One of them I basically knew next to nothing, and the other one I only knew very little about. Yeah. So. And yeah, uh, like I said, I, it's not an argument about truth or guilt, but I just think there's a lot of things that these podcasts have done. And like I said, if and and. and my thing is just don't rely on just one source. Find other sources out there. Don't. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> a lot of things like, I don't know, like there's two seasons of Making a Murderer. And I know they didn't really give, I watched both seasons, haven't re watched them recently. I know they did not give like the prosecution side of things. I think for season one, they actually I want to say I read somewhere they did ask to interview the prosecution side, but it was denied or they denied it. So that's why okay. I would say it's more lean towards innocent because you got the family involved. You got his lawyers involved. You have interviews with Stephen Avery 
recording. So yes, it's definitely leaning to the defense side, and especially yeah. the second season too, because that was all about his new lawyer trying to figure out exactly what was going on. Um, and I know with the Serial podcast, it's the season one that's about to announce yet. And like I said, I I'm on Reddit, I'm on that community, and it's just a Serial podcast community. I don't know if you're on Reddit that much, but I am. But it always moves back to just this one case. There's several other seasons. There's several other topics that I found interesting, but all on Reddit, it always goes back to this one, the Anand Syed Heyman Lee case. Um, Yeah. And like I said, on there is very harsh. If someone posts something about where they think he's innocent, just give them my opinion. He's innocent. They'll get hit up saying, you're stupid. He's guilty for this reason. You're you're not looking at this. He's guilty, and then vice versa. Someone puts up something saying he's guilty. He'll get taken down saying, "Oh well, no, he's innocent because of this, this, and this." It's <laughs> it's kind of fun. It's kind of funny that you uh you had mentioned earlier. You know, kind of you know that you encourage everyone to kind of do their research and stuff, and don't just listen to one source and stuff. You know, uh, you should always kind of you know search and get information from all sorts of different places and basically you know come to your own conclusion or whatever and stuff because earlier today i actually uh read this thing um that it kind of goes along with that it says something like it says the media is the most powerful entity on earth they have the power to make the innocent guilty and to make the guilty innocent uh, I'd say very true. <laughs> yeah, mean, that's why they they say this is the court of public opinion, too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I I mean it it is true. Like I mean they, you know, they uh especially nowadays with like all forms of media, whether it's like mainstream media or even even some of like the more, you know, kind of down low local media or whatever. Like you know. A lot of them don't do the research. They don't have to go through and do the research that they used to have to do and stuff. And they just, it's all about getting the story out first and getting it out as quick as possible. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. Yeah, yeah, true. They want to be first whether it's correct or wrong, yeah. So, because, I mean, I could totally see the media and stuff. Like, the minute they found out this person, you know, one of these guys was uh a suspect all of a sudden like going through and just you know shining light on this guy on this uh particular guy no matter if he's innocent or not and you know the like you said the court of public opinion a lot of people don't even bother to do research they see it in the media and they automatically just assume he's guilty well that reminds me of i don't know how long ago it was but the um duke lacrosse um, situation where I don't know if you remember this, but it's been like I don't know, 10 years ago or so. Where, um, because I remember Nancy Graves, she was on TV. The Duke lacrosse team had like a party, uh-huh. and the, there was a girl there who said she, I don't, know, I don't know if she got drunk, she got drugged, but she said she was sexually assaulted by players of the Duke lacrosse team. 
And then Nancy Graves came out and just like hammered them. They need to close down the program. They, the coach needs to be fired. The students need to be expelled, all this stuff. And then after like a month, this girl came out and I want to say she came out and said, well, no, I, no, I made this up and you know, nothing happened. Yeah. I, I could be completely wrong. And I apologize if I am, but I think that's what happened. And that's kind of like the situation where I, she just, I, I remember that slightly and I'm pretty sure you're right. But uh, again, I'm not a hundred percent sure. <laughs> and like that, yeah, just the, the media can just jump on something. Public opinion can just jump on something. And, you know, like now with the non-Syed case, you know, I have my personal feeling, but to me, it's like, I, yeah, I'll read stuff online, but it's like, okay, let them fight it out in court and see what happens. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Okay, I think it's about time we should be wrapping up. Um, so do you want my opinion on the two of them or just keep it a secret? That's up to you. Okay, I'll oh, keep it a secret. It... <laughs> if you want to know, you can, people can email me. So yeah, we're going to wrap things up. So yeah, you can email me at steve.actingsme at gmail. And, and you can... Yeah, and you can email me at dave.actingsme at gmail. And thank you for um, listening to our first episode um, of Acting Sme. Uh, if you have any questions, any comments, or if you have any other subjects that you would like us to talk about, just go ahead and email us at our emails. Um, so, uh, until then, we'll see you. See you later, guys. <laughs>